powerful is the Cox Network. So powerful that one day, the internet will let your doctor perform miracles from thousands of miles away. Connecting to remote operating room. Giving a whole new meaning to the term house call. Operation complete. The Cox Network. With gig speeds everywhere, it's internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, bringing us closer. In Cox serviceable areas, speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms apply. Other restrictions may apply. Trying to grab all the groceries in one trip? Oof, not how you would have done that. You know sometimes less is more. Like when you drive less and save with the USAA annual mileage discount. USAA, get a quote today. You're about to experience a life-giving message from Bishop Kevin Foreman, the People's Bishop and Pastor of Harvest Church. We exist to lead people to totally love God, love people, and love life as one church in global locations. Find out more on our website at www.harvestchurch.church or get our app by texting the word HARVEST to the number 55498. Your faithful giving is how we continue to bring life-giving messages like these to you. So bless what blesses you in our app or online at www.harvestchurch.church forward slash give. Now, here's today's life-giving message. Let's make our confession of faith together. I'm in my year of jubilee. I'm expecting celebration, emancipation, and restoration every day in Jesus' name. So, Father, we tell you that we are open and we are ready. Speak, Lord. We need a word from you. Let this word come forth with power. Let this word come forth with authority. Let this word come forth and shake us the way we need to be shaken. Let it give us clarity like we need clarity. Let us give it answers like we need answers. And I pray, God, that whatever anxiety was on us, fall off. Whatever frustration was on us, fall off. Whatever worry was on us, fall off. Why? We cast our cares upon you because you are the God that cares for us. And in anticipation of what you're going to speak tonight, we don't wait until the message is over. We release you a praise right here and right now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. On your way to your seat, elbow somebody or fist bump up and just say, what's been after you? What's been after you what's been after you let's jump into the word tonight our series all this month has been conquering curses from romans 8 37 the bible says in all these things in fact it doesn't start with all these things it starts with the word no there are certain things that you have to realize that the answer is no to what do you mean, Bishop? There are certain things that you have to decide that that's not an option any longer in my life. No, I will not be sad. No, I will not be messed up. No, I will not be jacked up. No, I will not live in depression. No, I will not live in anxiety. No, I'm not going to live mad all the time. No, I'm not going to live in the generational curses of my bloodline. No, I'm not going to have a jacked up marriage. No, I'm not going to have jacked up finances. No, I'm not going to have jacked up. I wish there was somebody in this building and online that recognized the first part of this verse. No. Would you look at somebody and say, just say no. I, no, I'm not doing up and down in my emotions. I'm not doing that. No, I'm not doing making the same mistakes over and over and over and over again. No, I am not doing that. No, the writer of Romans says, in all these things, what does that mean? Anything that we face, anything that we go through, we are more than conquerors, which means I didn't just beat it, but I beat it and I can tell somebody else how to do it too. What if I told you 99% of what you go through isn't even for you? It's so that you can find the way out so you can go get somebody else out and I'm so excited some of y'all got the underground railroad what do you mean you're about to set some other people free from the stuff that used to have you bound come on say I am more than a conqueror I, 
we are more than conquerors through him that loved us, which means it's his love that makes me conquer. It's his love that makes me fight. Sometimes people wonder, why do you have the persistence that you do? Because I know I got somebody that loves me that's pushing me. I know I got somebody that won't give up on me that's pushing me. And for some of you, you struggle to find motivation. Let your motivation be that you have a God that thought you were worth dying for. Let your motivation be that you have a God that when he looks at you, he sees past your fault. He sees past your issues. He sees past your jump. He sees past your drama. He says, that's my son right there. That's my daughter right there. And I want to see them win. Open your mouth, when They say, I am more than a conqueror. One of the things that we're talking about conquering this month are the two types of curses that we are conquering. Say two types. Number one, generated curses. Mark 7 and 13. Making the word of God of no effect by the things that you do. Making the word of God of no effect through your tradition, which means your words and your actions, which you have handed down, and many such things you do. Which means your words can create a curse. Your actions can create a curse. And watch what he says in Mark. And you do a whole lot of stuff. Which means a lot of the times you're saying the devil, the devil, the devil. And the Lord says, well, the devil is in your mouth. A lot of times you're saying the devil, the devil, the devil, but the devil is in your actions. It's crazy to say you, watch me, it's crazy to say that you want to be debt free, but then your actions contradict what you said that you wanted. And this is the issue some Christians have, is that your words and your actions don't match, so you're sending confusing signals in the realm of the spirit. You're telling the spirit realm one thing, but you're doing another thing, so consequently, it's like living with your foot on the gas and the brake at the same time, which means you're not going anywhere, you're just using your gas. And for some of you in the first half, that explained why you didn't see much progress. But what if I told you in the second half, your foot's about to come off of the brake, and your words are about to come in alignment, and your actions are about to come in alignment, and you're about to break every curse that you've spoken. You're about to break every curse that your actions activated. Father, since our words created some curses, we're going to use our words to break some curses. Everything we've spoken negative, every imprecation that we've spoken about ourselves or anything attached to us, we cancel it right now. Every curse we've spoken over our health, over our finances, over our family, over our lives, right now in the name of Jesus, we cancel the curse. Come on, Wednesday, say, I cancel the curse. Everything that our actions did that created a curse or activated any type of curse in the name of Jesus, we pray that that thing be broken right here and it be broken right now and it will not pursue us. It will not come after us. It will not come into the second half of this year in Jesus' name. If you agree with that, release a praise right there. Go. Hey. Come on, I need you to get violent in this building. I need you to get violent online. And the Bible says the kingdom suffers violence. And violent men and women take it by force. Which means you can't be passive about this. You got to be aggressive about this. You can't be passive about this. You got to be assertive about this. Would you please set somebody close to you and say, let's go break these curses. Come on. I don't like the way they said it. They should have put a praise behind it. Touch somebody else, please, and say, let's go break these curses. Yeah, it messed with me last week. It ain't going to get me next week. It messed with me yesterday. It ain't going to get me tomorrow. Why? No! I put my foot down, and I make a decision. No! I wish I had some violent people in here. Come on, lay your hands on yourself. Say, break the curse, break the curse, break. Let me give you some examples. Let me give you some examples. Let me give you some examples. Got to do it more quickly. Let me give you some examples of two types of actions. Two types of actions that can create a curse. Number one, deceit. Say deceit. 
Zechariah 5, 4. I will send out the curse, says the Lord of hosts, and so enter the house of the thief and the house of one who swears falsely by my name. Pay attention. God says, when you are a person who operates in deceit and you are a thief, God says, I will send a curse and it's coming to your house. Okay, what does this mean? This, this, these are actions and words. Say actions and words. Words and actions. Okay, pay attention. So, so, so what are some of the things that God deems thievery, right? That God deems robbery. Thievery is to do in secret. Robbery is to do in open, but they are both the same nature of crime. All right? Zechariah 5, 4. Please put it up. Watch me. I will send out the curse, says the Lord of hosts. It shall enter the house, which means, watch me, it's going to touch what you touch. Which is why for some people, watch me, things never seem to ever, it's, it's always something for you. It's like whack-a-mole. Y'all know that? You hit one thing, another pops up. You hit one thing, another pops up. You hit one thing, another pops up. It is because, watch me, when there's an empowerment to fail, that's what curse means, on your house, that means anything you touch, it touches. And watch me, and it will enter your house, which means it won't be limited to you. It'll be limited to every noun that's in your home. Y'all not saying nothing, which means it may show up through your kids. It may show up through your spouse. It may show up through, watch me, everything that you own. You never own anything without having a problem with it. It's quiet in this building. He says, and the house of the one who swears falsely by my name. This means one who speaks and traffics in lies. And over the person next to you, say, watch your mouth. Watch me. These are the people who say they're with you, but they're not really with you. That's a thief. They operate in deceit. They swore falsely by my name. What do you mean by that? Watch me. They literally said something. And every time you speak because you're a believer in him, you speak in his name. Which means you didn't have to say, I swear to God. You didn't have to say that to mean this. Because you are his and you spoke. It is as if he said it. Which means anytime his people traffic in lies and traffic in deceit, they are bringing a curse upon their house. Lift your hands, open your mouth, say, Father, forgive me for my deceitful actions. Okay, let me give you another example. Let me give you another example. Dishonor. Dishonor is uh, words and actions that can bring a curse in your life. Look at uh, Jeremiah 48 and 10. These are generated curses. It says, cursed is he who does the work of the Lord with what? Slackness. God says, if you do what you do for me and it gets the least of you, if you do what you do for me, you ready? And it gets sloppy. If you give everything else because you've attached a check to it, Y'all ain't going to talk. If everything else you do, you do well, except the things that you do for me. God says you have just empowered yourself to fail. And here's what's crazy. Sometimes we'll look at this and don't even recognize the power of the statement. Because many people say, but I'm still alive, but I'm still breathing, but I still got this and I still got that. But what is the area of your life that the truth be told, it tortures you? The truth be told, it terrorizes you. It's the area of your life you avoid. You don't want to talk about it. You don't want to deal with it. You don't want anybody bringing it up. You ready? Anytime somebody does does bring it up it triggers you and it takes you to a place it's because God says these are the things that are going to invite something to your house that you don't want so God says you refuse to do anything in my name what did you open up your house to lift up your hands open up your mouth say father forgive me for my slackness in handling your business and handling your work no I, I need some people that say God I'm gonna give you my all I'm not I, yeah, I worked all day and so did everybody else, but I'm going to show up with a smile to serve. I'm going to show up with a smile to get the job done. Serving is a privilege. It is not a right. It's something that I get to do, not something that I have to do. It is a privilege. Open your mouth. Say it's a privilege to serve God. It, 
It's a privilege to clean a toilet in his name. It's a privilege to windex a window in his name. It's a privilege to wash a floor in his name. It's a privilege to play an instrument in his name. You ain't doing God no favor. It's a privilege to sit on a soundboard in his name. It's a privilege to wear an earpiece in his name. Oh, God. And I pray that you treat it like what it is because there are some people, you ready? There's some people that didn't treat it like the privilege that it was. And you know what the Bible says? The worst thing that God could ever do to you is say, do what you want. I feel like preaching heaven tonight. In the book of Romans, the Bible says that the Lord turned them over to their own reprobate or debased mind. There are some people that say, I don't believe in all that church stuff. I don't believe. No, let me tell you what you have. You have the ultimate curse because God says, you do whatever you want to do. I'm done. The worst thing God could do to you is say, do what you want to do. I need to make sure I'm in the building and align with some people that when you try to do what you want to do, God snatched you right back and said, what does this prove to me, Bishop? God hasn't given up on you yet. <laughs> what does this prove to you, Bishop? That God has not thrown in the towel on you. I wish you'd shake somebody's head. Say, God has not given up on us. The worst thing God could do to you is say, you do whatever you, good, you want to be a Muslim, go on then. Oh, you want to believe, you want to, you want, you want to worship energy and, and, and all this, go on then. You want to worship the pyramids, go on then. Or you don't believe in organized religion. The worst thing God could do to anybody is say, do what you want to do. Because I'm done. This is why you have to be grateful for conviction. Come on, Wednesday. I thought this was Wednesday night. Conviction is different than condemnation. Condemnation kicks you when you're down and says, you're not this, you're not that. God doesn't condemn us. God convicts us. Instead, God will say, there's so much better in you. There's so much more than you. I need to make sure I'm not in the building and I'm not online with arrogant people that think they got it all together. But they know that if it had not been for his mercy and for his grace, I wouldn't even be standing here today. I wish you look over at somebody and say, thank you, Jesus. Tell him, say, he's been good to us. He's been good to us. And I wish I would give him something slack. I wish I would give him something less than. I wish I would give him less than what he deserves. He deserves my best. He deserves my excellence. He deserves my time. He deserves my talent. He deserves my thirst. He deserves my testimony. He deserves it. He deserves it. He deserves it. He deserves my treasure. You didn't get that money because you're that smart. You didn't get that money because you're that good at business. It was God that opened up the windows of heaven and poured you out a blessing that you didn't have room to receive. I feel like preaching in this place. Would you look over at somebody and tell them, say, neighbor, God's been good to you. So be good to God. Say, God's been good to me. So I should be good to God. Should nobody have to beg you to do nothing for God. You ready? Malachi 3.8. Say dishonor. Talk. Say dishonor. Uh-uh. Say dishonor. 
Okay, deceit, dishonor, words and actions that can bring a curse. Malachi 3 8. Should people cheat God? This God talking. Yet you cheated me. But you ask, what you mean? When did we ever cheat you? God's people are something else. How many of you know you something else sometimes? Okay. Because look at what they say to God. What you mean? This is what a lot of Christians say today. I ain't cheating God. Look what, God, look what the Lord says. Ver, verse, ver, uh, next part of the verse. Uh, when did we ever cheat you? The Lord says, you have cheated me of the tithes and the offerings due to me. I don't understand this. I have a rule. You can't be my friend and be a non-giver. And I ask people. I ask people. I don't care who they are. I ask people, well, yo, oh, come on, let's go get some coffee. Do you tithe? Because if not, you finna rob my time. You rob him already, so you finna rob my time. You ready? Some of you single people, you need to ask this up front. It'll tell you everything you need to know up front. Because, listen, if they rob from God, they are in your life to rob from you. Who are you? Okay, let's, let's use NLT. If they cheat on God, see how quiet it got? I promise you, you finna discover some numbers. I promise you, you finna run into some DMs. Like who this is. I promise you, you finna check their pager and be like, who is low sale? That's old school comic view. If you know that, that's old school comic view. You ready? Yeah, you have cheated me of the tithes and offerings due to me. Verse 9. Look what he says. So you are under a, you say it, for your whole nation, which means everything attached to you. He says, for you are cheating me. Now, I know what some of you think. Bishop, I got friends, and they don't tithe, they don't give, and it looks like they're doing well. Check the records. Because I can promise you there's some area where their cheat is showing. Listen, the, well, they look good on social media. They had to pose in order to post. Don't, don't believe the hype. Look at somebody next to you and say, don't believe the hype. Uh -uh. People will show you what they want you to see. And then all of a sudden, you ever been shocked when some of these celebrities and they come out and they, oh, they look so happy. They look so happy. Then they come out and get divorced. They'll write books, they'll do on tours, they'll do all of that. I'm not knocking into that because divorce happens. Watch me. They'll do all of that, and then you'll be like, God, dog. No. Well, listen, if, watch me. Why didn't what you taught work for you? Now, I'm not judging anybody. What I'm doing is trying to make the principle clear. Don't believe just because it look, they look like they're doing good and they don't do nothing for God. Looks can be deceiving. This is, watch me, watch me. Somebody told me yesterday, he said, Bishop, uh, one, one, of the, one of the gentlemen that serves, he, he, he wanted to make sure I knew. He said, Bishop, I had this injury. He said, but I don't miss church. I don't miss church for nothing. And uh, he's in the building right now. He said, I don't miss church for nothing. And I, I said, that's why you're blessed. I said, because you have made up in your mind that there are certain things that the answer is no to. 
And for some of y'all tonight, you need to make the decision. It's a no for me if it comes to cheating God. God is going to get my first and my best in my tithes and my offerings. Why? Because I will not be dishonorable to the Lord. And when I put him first in my finances, I'll never be last in my finances. For some of y'all, you got big blessing coming. Why? Because you've been consistent. They talked about you, but they're about to see your harvest. They said, I wouldn't give all that if I was you, but they're about to see your harvest. Every person in this building and online, lift your hands and say, faithful givers flourish. And in these next six months, everybody going to see. My harvest is coming in. July, August, September, October, November, December. For the rest of my life, I'll live in the blessing. Can we go further? That's generated curse. I want to give you two examples. Deceit and dishonor. Those are things that create a curse. Say dishonor. Deceit. Now, if any of those hit you, just fix it. Don't sit there, oh God, oh Lord, just fix it. The worst thing to do is to know what to do and not do it because your mind has got you stuck in neutral. Ready? But then there's generated curses. Say gener or excuse me, say generational curses. These are destructive patterns of behavior that are passed down and around. I've taught you that there are three forms of sin, and they all end with the death of something. Number one, a mistake. The word sin means to make a mistake or to miss the mark. It's literally an archery term. So you, you literally, like if you're releasing bow and arrow, you're releasing it, and you miss the bullseye, they yell out, sin, because you missed the mark. Transgression. It means to willfully deviate from what you knew to be right. Sin means I didn't know. Transgression means I know and I didn't care. Sin means I didn't know. Transgression means I knew and I didn't care. Iniquity, also known as a generational curse, is to perpetuate sin and transgression, passing it down and around. Okay? So whenever you think of a generational curse, I want you to think of the word iniquity. Say iniquity. Which takes us to Numbers 14 and 18. We're going somewhere. We're going there quickly. The Lord is slow to anger, which means he's patient with you. Lift your right hand and say, thank you for being patient with me. Okay? Patience is not just waiting. Patience is how you act while you wait. Aren't you glad that God didn't get an attitude with you while he was waiting on you to get it together? Aren't you glad that he didn't turn his face from you when you got in that car accident? He could have said, yeah, let me, let me bust her up because that's what she did. But instead, he was patient with you. I wish you'd high five somebody and say, God's been patient with me. The Lord is slow to anger. He's abounding. That means he has a lot of steadfast love. This is mercy. Grace is when God gives you something good you don't deserve. Mercy is when God blocks something negative that you do deserve. What if I told you that his mercy has blocked way more than you ever knew was coming at you? Do you not know that the reason you still have health in your body is because his mercy blocks some stuff? You inhale some stuff that his mercy said, nope. I don't like the way you look at me. You laid down with somebody and his mercy said, nope. I'm not going to let what you should have be what you get up. Be, be what you get up with. Y'all not saying nothing to me? Would you look at somebody and say, his mercy has blocked a lot for us. His Oh, yeah. His mercy. You crying that they left you. That was his mercy blocking you from making the worst decision of your. Can I just get 10 of y'all to open your mouth, shout and worship for what his mercy has blocked for us. Hey. Mercy, mercy me. Mercy, mercy me. Mercy, mercy me. 
Mercy blocked it. Mercy stopped it. Mercy reversed it. Mercy turned it. Mercy shut it down. Mercy shut them up. Mercy took it off. Mercy wrote it off. Mercy discharged it. Mercy released it. Mercy opened up the door. Mercy shut the door that didn't need to be open. Mercy, mercy me. <laughs> Some mercy. Let's go. Watch me. <laughs> forgiving. So he's patient. He's merciful. He's forgiving. What does he forgive? Iniquity and transgression. But he will by no means clear the guilty. What does this mean? What you set in motion stays in motion until somebody stops it. What you set in motion stays in motion until you are born. You the blue carpet. Uh-uh. I need you to get there. Because some of you are trying to figure out, God, how come I couldn't be? You ever asked why you couldn't be born to somebody else? Or born somewhere else? Or born at another time. Because, watch me, there would be no need for you in another bloodline. It's been in motion. Your mama, her mama, her mama, her mama, your daddy, her daddy, everybody daddy, and then you. You're the interruption to the dysfunction. You're the curse breaker in your bloodline. Watch me. This is why you had to be different than all the rest of them. Why? Because you couldn't have the same issue that they had. This is why you had to be the black sheep. Why? Because when you're the black one, you stand out. Y'all not going to say nothing. You had to be different so you would stand out so that you could interrupt. Lift up your hand and say, I am the curse breaker. Come on, say it with authority like you love what he made you. Say, I am the curse breaker. Say it with authority like you're going to break every curse. Say, I am the curse breaker. Forgiving iniquity and transgression, but he will by no means clear the guilty. Visiting. And I've taught you that the word visit, it means to pastor you. Look at the screen. It means to pastor you, to preach to you, to teach to you, to lead you, to incorrectly correct you, to direct you, to oversee you, to care for you, to deposit into you. Your curse literally becomes your caregiver. Your curse becomes your caregiver. You become so comfortable with it that when anybody challenges you on it, you see them as an enemy. You become so comfortable with it that when anybody preaches to you about it, you think it's for everybody else but them. Well, but you. you. You think it's for everybody else. In fact, your curse is so deceitful. It is so, it is so sly. Uh, it's studied you for years. It's had time to study you. It knows your weaknesses. It knows what you like. It knows when you're strong. It knows when you're weak. It knows when you're spiritual. It knows when you're horny. Talk, Bishop. It, talk to me. It knows when to try you. It knows when not to try you. It knows, it knows when to get you with something negative. It knows when to kick you when you're down. It knows when to lift you up. It knows what to do because it has been an anthropologist. It has studied you for the last three to four generations, which means it thought it was going to get you the same way it got the people before you. Question, what's been after you? Because all you have to do is look at your family, look at your bloodline, look at your friends. Look at what's been after them because that's the same thing that's been after you. But this is why your assignment in the earth is so, uh, so important. This is why you couldn't die. This is why you couldn't be aborted. This is why you couldn't die in a car accident. This is why you're still alive. This is why you couldn't commit suicide because God says, I got my money on you. 
I'm going to talk over here because I need more faith people. God says, I got my money on you, but I believe that you're going to be the one that's going to be the one that breaks every curse. Would you just touch somebody close to you and say, God's got his money on you. That you're going to be the one that's going to interrupt what's been after you. <laughs> he got his money on me, y'all. Would you look at somebody and say, God's got his money on you. That you're going to be the one. Facebook, it's going to be you. Willie, it's going to be you. Erica, it's going to be you. Anastasia, it's going to be you. Will, it's going to be you. What's been after you? What do you mean, Bishop? It visits. Say it visits. Am I one person? Come on, one. We have two, we have three, and we have four. Can I get you all to line up and just face this direction? Line up and face this direction for me, would you? The Lord has needs to just stand right there, okay, and just face this direction for you. Is that all right? Okay. All right. So it visits how many generations? Three to four. Why three to four? Because typically it takes that long for the curse breaker to raise up. He's the God of Abraham, Isaac. Who's after Jacob? Joseph! I don't like your slowness on this. Get it? Somebody say, I was born at the right time. Can I go deeper? Let me tell you why 2023 and 2024 are so important. Somebody said, these are my curse-breaking years. Mm. So what'll happen... Is the curse, you ready? The curse shows up. And it shows, God, no. <laughs> These are real props. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> God, no. Y'all know I done lost all this weight, y'all. Trying... I got it. I got it. I got it. Ready? Okay. If I start wobbling, y'all help me out. I'm so serious. It ain't acting. <laughs> y'all ready? Okay. Here's the deal. Say, it's visiting. So it goes to the first generation, and it visits. When you visit, you don't look like you're going to stay. So it just gives you one thing. And then if you hold on to that, no, 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 hold, hold on to it, hold on to it, put it on your back. Put it on, own it like it's yours. Because since your mama gave it to you, since your daddy gave it to you, since somebody you know is who gave it to you, you think it's right because of where you got it from. So you won't question the source because you love the source. So let me put this one on you. I think you can do this one. Now this one, I ain't going to give you this one. You, you ready? Okay. You ready? It just visits. This is just temporary. This is just a phase you're going through. And now you're carrying stuff. I ain't going to give you this one. This one's going to get you. Ready? So now you got all of this stuff from a visitor. Who dropped it off? A visitor implies it's somebody that doesn't intend to stay. See, some of it's passed down, some of it's passed around. There's some people who were sent to your life only to drop off their heavy baggage. And now, watch me, there were a visitor, so they left, and now you're cleaning up their baggage. But in the name of Jesus, I pray that you would release the baggage of other people that you've been carrying 
open up your mouth and say, that's not my baggage to carry. That's not my issue. That's not my problem. That's not my drama. That's not my trauma. That's not my issue. That's not mine to carry. Ready? So then what happens? So then what happens? Can I have that bag there? Can I have these bags? Can I have these bags? Yeah, get these bags. Get these bags. Get these bags. Come on. Thank you. Thank you. So now, oh, these good. So now, what happens is, it's got all this baggage on you. So now turn around, give it to your daughter. So now, but watch me. But she met some friends that dropped some other stuff off to her. So now, I don't believe in God. I believe in energy. I don't believe in organized religion. So now, first generation gone. First generation is gone. Second generation is carrying what was never theirs to carry. Question, what's been after you? That's not even your insecurity. That's your mama's. That's, that's, that's not even your fear. That's your father. He's a settler. He doesn't fight for anything. He doesn't try to do anything. He doesn't try to be anything. And so now, watch me, that's you're carrying somebody else's baggage. And you feel good because it looks like you're being militant. I'm fighting, but you're not fighting a good fight because you're losing. So now, now you got all of that. May I, may I borrow these two, please? Just y'all remember your bags, okay? Let me get back to you, okay? You're in a safe place, okay? So now, okay, will you turn around? Now you give that to the third generation. So now, all of this, all of this, second generation is gone. Isaac is gone. Abraham's gone. Now, who, who was who 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 did who who was the trickster? Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. Who was the one? Who was the one that deceived his brother? Abraham was a liar. Isaac was a bigger liar. Jacob was a real big liar. Come on. Come on. Look at the name and say, what's been after you? David's great, great, great in his bloodline was Rahab. David had an issue because one wasn't enough. The Bible says that he had Abigail. The Hebrews say that Abigail was the finest Hebrew woman to ever live. I want to see her. No, literally, I, I want to see, I'm like, Lord, can you, sit, can, can you text me? Does she have an IG? No, they literally, the, the rabbis say she is the finest Hebrew woman to ever walk the planet. But David said, who is that over there taking a bath? I'm supposed to be fighting. You ready? But I'm not. And you know when he was supposed to fight? In the spring. He was supposed to be at war when the kings went to war, but instead he stayed home. See, for some of you, you don't understand how your serving has kept you out of some stuff. Y'all ain't going to say nothing to me. You don't understand how your faithful church attendance has kept you out of some stuff. Because it was somebody that you were about to get caught up with. You don't even understand what it's kept you from. You don't understand what your giving has rebuked for you. Really? So then Solomon, 
700 wives, 300 girlfriends. What's been after you? So now you got all this baggage. You got all this baggage. You got all this baggage. Watch me. Look great. Got your matching. Look fantastic. No, no, no. You ready? You ready? Just because somebody looks good and just because they carry their baggage well does not mean that there's not some baggage that needs to be dealt with. And I heard the Lord say in the second half, you're not going to be deceived by people anymore. God's going to let you see their baggage so that you make them check their bags at the door. Say, what's been after you? So here's the pivotal thing. So can we go back over to Abraham, Isaac, Jacob? Are you getting the three to four? Why this is significant? Are you getting why the three to four is significant? Okay, Because Solomon was supposed to be the curse breaker. He wasn't. So then he has a son, Rehoboam, which is supposed to be the curse breaker, and he's an utter disaster. God has to skip all of David's lineage to go to himself. You missed it. What do we call Jesus? The son of David. Why do we skip the rest of his son? Because they didn't break curses. I don't, uh uh-uh. Let me back that up. Bible readers, Bible readers, Bible readers. Jesus is referred to as the son of David. You ready? Why, how is he called the son of David and he is the king of kings and the Lord of lords? Because God said, I can't find a curse breaker anywhere in this bloodline. So I'm going to skip all of David's descendants and then I'll get to me. What if I told you Wednesday night that you're the one that God says, I skipped the rest of your descendants to get to you. Lift your hands, open your mouth, say, I am the curse breaker. He skipped over generations to get to you. He skipped over others to get to you because he knew you would be the one that would do it. Come on, let's go. So something pivotal. Can I get you to turn, look at so generation three, look at generation four. Before you take it off, three, look at four. Three, look at four. Three, look at four. God says, this is the pivotal generation. Because if, if there's not a break in here, This goes to the fourth generation, which means I have to skip the rest of the bloodline. If you, look at me, if you treat this common, if you treat this like, oh, that was good, but you don't do something with it, God says, then I have to skip the rest of the generations. Bishop, give me proof of this in the Bible. If you read Genesis when it's given, and this is the history of Jacob, Joseph. The Bible, when it's recorded, Jacob had 10 sons before he had Joseph. The Bible skips them all. Because God says, I, look at me, I disregard their existence. <laughs> to me, it's as if they never lived because they did nothing worth celebrating. Yeah, they had some money. That don't move me. Yeah, they had some stuff. That don't move me. Yeah, they had some property. That don't move me. I was looking for a curse breaker. I was looking for a history maker. I was looking for a line crosser. I was looking for somebody that knew they were born to do more than just pay bills, have babies, and die. That they were born to rule and to reign and to conquer and subdue all the curse breakers. Throw your right fist up and shout, I am the curse breaker. I am the curse breaker. Point to somebody and say, and you are the curse breaker. Online type and say, you are the curse breaker. All the curse breakers, shout right now. 
Shout right now. Shout like it's breaking. Shout like it's changing. Shout like it's breaking. Shout like it's changing. Shout. 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 Hey. What's been after you? What's been after you? This is the pivotal one right here. This is the pivotal one right here. This is the pivotal one right here. Because if you don't break it, what got them? All y'all families' marriages are jacked up. All of the women in your bloodline are overbearing. There's a difference between being strong and a battle axe. All the men in your family are passive and weak. All the people in your family struggle. Talking about it's coming, but they never get it. Talking about it's on the way, but they never seem to pick up the package. But you. So what has to happen in the third generation? Say, what has to happen, Bishop? Let's ask some questions. What's been after you? What was successful in defeating prior generations that expect to be successful against you? What has persisted in pursuit of preventing you from prevailing? Proverbs 10, 29. We're almost done. Destruction shall be to the workers of what? Iniquity, a.k.a. generational curses. Even with a great upbringing, we've all been shaped in iniquity. You think this is how you are. You care, this is how I am. Shut up. I mean that with all love. This is the way I do. Shut up. The moment you say that, you stop growing. And to be a curse breaker, you have to have a growth mindset. And a growth mindset says, no, listen, okay, this may be who I have been, but is this his best me? Because if God can do greater in me, do it. If God can do more in me, do it. Is there anybody in the building and no line besides me where you say, God, if you can do more, if you can do greater, do it? Come on, tell them, say, Lord, do it in me. Say it with authority. Say, Lord, do it in me. Psalm 51.5. Behold, look at me. I was shaped. Shaping, an old, old English word. I was shaping in iniquity. Which means, which means, which means, which means, I've been like this for a while. And it makes sense to me. But it doesn't fit my next. It doesn't fit what's ahead of me. It makes sense that I act like this. Always mad. Always angry. Always sad, always hollering. He said, look at me. Look at the person next to you and say, look at yourself. You know what? In this room right now, you can see everybody but you. Online, you can see everybody but you. Tell me, I'm looking. What did she got on? What did they got on? What you see everybody but you. Because the enemy wants you to focus on everybody but you. So that you never look at yourself. You never see now watch me. You could be way more than this flat, dull, 
lifeless, powerless, joyless. But this is what everybody in your family do. This is what everybody in your bloodline do. They tell you, don't try to start no business. You better keep that job with them benefits. And I ain't saying you shouldn't keep the job with the benefits, but why can't you keep the job with the benefits? And we're kings, which means it ain't either or. It's y'all better know what I teach you. The Bible teaches. Get your benefits. <laughs> you ready? You ready? You think it's normal to always live in reverse. You just constantly go in circles. Circle, circle. Circle, 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 circle. Why? Because you are a worker of iniquity. Why does the Bible, look at that verse, why does the Bible say destruction shall be to the workers of iniquity? Because he said it's a lot of work to carry this. It's a lot of work to be like this. So what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to get you to quit your iniquity. Would you please open up your mouth and say, I got to quit my iniquity. Bishop, what in the world are you trying to tell me? Just quit. Your iniquity. When I learn that that doesn't belong to me, just. But Bishop, but Bishop, I don't have anything to carry. That's called life more abundantly. Y'all not talking to me. Bishop, I don't have drama. That's called life more abundantly. Bishop, I'm not bitter anymore. That's called life more abundantly. Bishop, I'm not carrying baggage. That's called life more abundantly. And I need you to go high five three people saying that's where you're going the second half. Tell them. Come on, tag somebody. You're not going to have bags to carry. You're not going to have mess to carry. You're not going to have drama to carry. That's called life and life more abundantly. That's called life and life more abundantly. That's called life and life. Say it, say it. That's called life and life. Say it. That's called life and. Come on. That's called life. Let's go. Stand on your feet. In the building. And don't lie. So Sunday I taught you God's reshaping you. Jeremiah 18, 2. Arise, go down to the potter's house, and there I will let you hear my words. Say, I'm being reshaped in church. Whether you're in this building or online, every time you come, every time you log on, every time you get on a pop-up, every time you hear something, God is like. And here's what you can't do. You can't quit in the middle of the reshaping. Because if you quit, you'll think you're done, but you look weird. So I want to challenge some of you that are not faithful to church, start today. I want to challenge some of you that aren't serving, start today. I want to challenge some of you that aren't giving, start today. Why? Because God says, I'm reshaping you. I'm reshaping you, and I'm molding you into something greater. Because you're not just going to be a lump. No, baby, you were born to be a star. I wish... I had somebody 
Look at somebody say, God is reshaping you. There he was working at his wheel. And how does God shape you? He spins you and 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 spins you. And sometimes things are going to fall out while the spinning is happening. Because sometimes the spinning gets so fast that everybody can't stay with you in the spin. Which just means you're not created to live with me after my spin. Somebody say, I'm okay with the spin cycle. Uh-uh, leave it off. Say, I'm okay with the spin cycle. There he was working at his wheel, and the vessel he was making was spoiled. It was unfit. It was lesser quality, but it was in his hand, which means God says, I know this is a lot. I know this is fast. I know this is faster than you want it for it to be. And I know sometimes you're like, "Woo, God, this is too much. But God says, but it's my hand. Which means anything I let fall off is supposed to be off. Anybody I let leave was not supposed to stay. Anything that I let you think you lost, it wasn't lost. It was a seed. It was an investment. Say his hands on me. Lay your hands on your head. Say his hands on me. Come on Wednesday. Say his hands on me. Let's go. Let's go. So he says, I spin you to shape you. And my hand is on you. And my hand is on you. And my hand is on you. But I'm reworking you. Into another vessel. What? Which means what you started is not going to reflect what I'm making you into. What is a vessel for? To carry stuff. Bishop, what am I carrying? I need to carry everything he's prepared, everything he's ordained, everything he's releasing, everything he's giving. I'm going to be the one to carry what the others in my bloodline couldn't carry. They couldn't carry a million dollars. You will. I don't like your silence. They couldn't carry a good relationship. You will. They couldn't carry getting a degree. You're going to get two of them. Y'all ain't going to say nothing to me. They couldn't carry it. But open up your mouth and say, but I can. Because he's reworking me. Into another vessel. Into another vessel. I won't look the same. I won't be the same. I'm another vessel. 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 Point to somebody and tell them, you another vessel. Tell them, you another vessel. As it seemed good, everybody stand, we gotta go. In the building and online. As it seemed good, look at me. Look at me, as it seemed good for the potter. Which means God says, I didn't ask you what to make you into. I will make you into what I want to make you into. So here's what your prayer has to be. Say, yes, Lord. Why reshape you? Why rework you? 
so that what's after you doesn't fit you any longer. Uh-uh, y'all missed the shout of the night. You missed the shout of the night. Why does he need to reshape me? Because all of this, that doesn't fit. Are you getting the simplicity of the analogy? So when this baggage shows up to visit, it doesn't fit me any longer. So when that same type of man shows up, you'll be like, I'm not even interested. This doesn't fit. When that same type of woman shows up, you can be like, that doesn't fit anymore. When depression shows up, you can be like, that doesn't fit anymore. When poverty shows up, you can say, that doesn't. When lack shows up, you can say, say, that doesn't fit anymore. Say, 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 let's go. Got to do it quickly. Ready? Why reshape you? Because this stuff won't fit you anymore. It won't fit. So when it shows up to visit, look at me, it's not even temptation. You won't even be tempted to be inconsistent. You're like, that don't fit me. That ain't none of mine. That don't even fit. Doesn't even fit. So when people show up with gossip to try to discourage you, you're like, I'm good. That doesn't fit me anymore. When people are disloyal and it shows up at your door and you're like, I'm going to be just like that. You're going to be like, I'm not. That doesn't fit me. That's you. That's not me. When people are acting crazy, you can just sit there and laugh. <laughs> and they'll be like, you crazy, you crazy. No, acting a fool doesn't fit me anymore. I ain't finna get caught up arguing with you. I ain't trying to catch no cases around him. That doesn't fit anymore. Lift your hands. Worship God for 10 seconds. Go 10, 9, 8, 7, glory to God, 6, 5, Four, three, two. Glory to God. Here's about Askos. If you're not saved, none of what I preached applies to you yet. Tonight's your night to give your life to the Lord. Save from what, Bishop? Save from hell. Save from you. Save from your curses. Save from yourself. The gospel is good news. Good news is the bad news is wrong. Secondly, maybe you're giving your life to the Lord. You've not been faithful to him. Tonight's your night to come back to him. Thirdly, if you're like Bishop Holman, I don't know where things stand, but I want to be sure. Wherever you're at, if you need to become a Christian, recommit yourself to the Lord, or be sure, on three, slip your hand up in the building, or line to the hand wave your emoji that says me. No guilt, no condemnation, no shame. Don't delay. Move quickly. One, two, three. Wave that hand in this building, or line to the hand wave emoji that says me. Wherever you're at. Wherever you're at. Harvest, let me teach you something. Whenever we get to the invitation, if you're saved and things are good with you and God, I need you to begin praying when we're online and when we're in the building because I need you to help me birth a new baby. It's called being born again. So I need your help. Say, I got your back, Bishop. I got your 
and you're just going to help me birth a new baby. Everybody pray this for me. Say, Father, thank you for dying in my place. Thank you for your love for me. I confess with my mouth and I believe in my heart that you are my Lord and my Savior. Give me the grace to be a faithful Christian from this day forward. If I fall or if I fail, give me the grace to get right back up again. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Listen, if you just prayed that prayer for the first time or recommitted yourself to the Lord, scan the QR code at TexHarvest at 55498 into the option for salvation. Let me get a message into your hands called What Next to show you what to do next. Secondly, some of you say, but you need a shepherd. Anything uncovered spoils. When you have a shepherd, you have a covering. Where's that at in the Bible? Several places. But let's just go to Jeremiah, and I'll give you shepherds after my own heart that will feed you with knowledge and understanding. And there shall be no more lack, no more dismay, no more fear. I encourage some of you, you know I'm your shepherd. You don't have to live in Denver. You don't have to live in Atlanta. You can live anywhere across America, around the world, and be a part of the Harvest family. We'd love for you to do that. Scan the QR code. It takes Harvest to 55498. Bishop, I don't have previous church experience necessary. Great. No previous experience is necessary. Listen, did y'all get some out of this word tonight? I mean... I mean, just absolutely amazing. Listen, do me a favor. If you came in late, you weren't able to give, get your giving ready. Secondly, if you're going to sow the seal, get that ready. Here's our seed tonight. Say so two seeds. Two seeds tonight, like two chains. <laughs> There's two seeds. One is 5150 for Psalm 5150. It says, behold, I was shaping in iniquity. And if you believe that God's changing your shape, he's literally changing you, reworking you. That's your seed. But the second seed tonight, say the second seed. Say two seeds. Say it, say two seeds. Second seed tonight is going to be this. It's going to be from Jeremiah. We're going to do 18 and uh, verse 4. So you can do $18, 40 cents, 184, whatever. I'm doing the 51.5. I recognize God has been changing, reworking my shape. Literally. But get whatever seed you're going to sow. Say, Bishop, I don't have either one. You get the best you can, but everybody sows something. We're going to call this seed. We're going to call this seed tonight. How do I want you to word this? Call this seed tonight your NLF seed. No longer fit. <laughs> Anger no longer fits you. Being stressed out all the time no longer fits you. Begging, uh-oh, I heard this. Begging people to support you and love you. Woo, God. I don't know who that was for. But just look at somebody and say, you're not going to beg for love nor support in this second half. Doesn't fit you. Doesn't fit you. Come on, get your giving ready. How can you give? You can use Cash App, dollar sign, Bishop Form with the number two. PayPal, Venmo, Zelle, Givelify, all that's available. Hello at harvestchurch.church. You can use text to give. That's what I just use. Whenever I open my phone, I'm texting to give. Text the amount to 84321. Tap the link. 
enter Harvest Church when you see the Harvest V. That's where you want to be. You can mail it in, P.O. Box 441004, Aurora, Colorado, 844. I love you, Wednesday. So Sunday uh, is going to be amazing. To be honest with you, when I was preparing Sunday's message, normally I get it done earlier in the week. Uh, after all the travel and weekend and all of that, I got it done a little later than normal, and I finished the word for Sunday today. I always pray in advance. I don't wait until Sunday night and say, Lord, give me a word. You prepare for the king. You don't give him last-minute sloppy. You prepare for him. So I said, Lord, I need you to speak to me early because I want to be prepared. And then as a shepherd, I need to serve the meal. So who goes to a restaurant and says, it's going to be a surprise? You may not know exactly what's on the menu, but you, but you know what food category we're going to be eating from. You ready? So we got to have the graphics. And why do I do that? Because there's many people, Harvest reaches a lot of people who have never been in church. A lot of people who don't have an old school Bible. A lot of people, their first Bible is our app. So why do I have all that on the screens for you? To make sure that you can eat and you can receive and you can see it. You got it? That thing hit me so good. For Sunday, I said, oh my God. It was amazing. All right, it's going to be amazing. Sunday, 9, 15, 11, 15, where will we be? In this building and online. This upcoming Wednesday, where will we be? In this building and online. Where will we be July 2nd? In this building and online. And then, of course, every day, where will we be? Online. Because we got a pop-up. At some point, we got to stop calling them pop-ups. But I guess it's still technically a pop-up because it's a random time. So, All right, come on, lift your giving to the Lord. I love you. Do y'all pray for me? Can you just take 10 seconds, would you, and just pray for me, would you? In the building and the line. Bishop, what's wrong? Nothing. We don't pray because stuff is wrong. <laughs> we pray so stuff don't get wrong. <laughs> Hallelujah. Pray that I'm shalom. Pray that I have what I need. Pray that we're victorious. Pray that we see God's hand move in our favor. Pray that the enemy is shut down. Pray that our praise is effective. Pray that we are victorious. Pray that we're never defeated. We haven't been in 17 years. I said we haven't been in 17 years. And the more, the more any affliction tries to come, the more we grow. The more we grow. And tonight we're going to go over 1,700 decisions. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, did we pray over your giving? Say, I'm blessed to be a blessing. I sow to seal this word right now. Thank you, Lord. I'm the curse breaker. In Jesus' name, amen. Masters are passing again. Two seeds tonight. You can do uh, from uh, Jeremiah. You can do 18.4. You can do $18.40, 184. Just put those numbers in it. Because when you target your seed, then you're going to target what you receive, right? Nobody goes and just throws out random seeds. They target their seed. Or you can do what I get and give the Psalm 51.5 for the reshaping. And some things will no longer fit you. Let's do it together, everybody. Say love God, love people, and love life. Amen. Did you make a decision to become a Christian for the first time or recommit your life to Jesus? We want to help you make Christianity a lifestyle and not just a hobby. So just text the word decision to 55498. 
and we'll send simple next steps so you know what to do next. We're praying for you and congratulations. Remember, your faithful giving is how we continue to bring life-giving messages like these to you. So bless what blesses you in our app or online at www.harvestchurch.church forward slash give. Remember to love God, love people, and love life. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. That's why they love Viator. They have over 300,000 bookable experiences and something for everyone. Plus, their travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.